So Pete, what are we talking about today? All right, Kev. This is what I got in store for you. Are you ready? Hmm. Video game movie. Okay. Early 2000s. Mm, not liking this. Michelle Rodriguez. Um, it's it's like something I did to you in middle school, right? It's like some some evil that I've wrought on you, right? You're paying me back. It's been 20 years in the making, but you're getting your revenge. Is this it? Is this my comeuppance? Welcome to Fearless Films. Fearless Films is a podcast where a horror movie buff... That's me. ...breaks down scary movies for the scaredy cats out there. That's me. So I don't have to watch the film. Uh, I don't think... I, I don't even know. Like, we haven't dived into it, but I know for a fact that nobody should have to watch whatever film we're talking about. Because it was an early 2000s video game adaptation horror movie, Pete. Um, none of those work together. We've been at this for three years, and none of them have ever worked together. Scientifically, evidence has shown that you are correct. <laughs> and they, they pumped out a lot of early 2000s horror movies, probably because they weren't spending any time, you know, proofreading a script or digging up source material. They were just churning them out as quickly as possible, which was evident. So we have a lot of, like, a, a sample size to choose from here to be, like, unequivocally certain that early 2000s horror movies are the bane of anybody who likes good movies' existence. And the sad fact, Kev, is that a lot of said movies spawned franchises somehow. I mean, they did the same thing in the 80s. I can't blame it. It's just the problem <laughs> with your whole genre over here. Oh, your whole genre. All right, when it, when your kid does something bad, it's my kid all of a sudden. Is that how this works? <laughs> Excuse me, I have never taken ownership of horror movies, all right? <laughs> it's kind of the whole point. You love movies, Kev, so you got to accept every genre. No, 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 no. This is one of this is not one of those unconditional love things. My love is very conditional, and it requires Somewhat decent scripts and not trying to scare the pants off of me, probably failing horribly in the process. So what's the problem? You can watch it because you know it's not going to be scary. It's just, uh, I mean, it's like when you go see a comedy, but you don't laugh. Like if you go see a tragedy and you don't laugh, that's the point. But if you go see a comedy and you don't laugh, you're just real sad. You're more <laughs> sad than the tragedy. Yep. yep, yep. If you yep. go watch a horror movie, there's two things that could happen. Either they're really good at it, and I'm freaked out, and I don't want to sleep, and everything sucks. Or they're really bad at it, and then I'm just kind of sad. <laughs> Neither of these are what I want to feel at the end of a movie, Pete. Fine. Well, luckily for you, you don't have to watch the movie I did for you. What movie is this? We're going to talk about... The 2002 action horror film, Resident Evil. I love this. This is great because I played those games. Well, nope. I played four. And five? <laughs> I played some of five. I played four a bunch. Four is great like... because four was basically just an action game. Wait, which one Which one was Leon? Four. Oh, he was in a lot of them. No, but the one you played was four. You were yeah, right. and I played four. I played some of one... Or two, I can't remember when they like re-released it, remastered it, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, you can't go from four to one. You just no. can't. 
Like going from one, starting on one is is a is a thing. You learn it. You're playing the game. But going from four and then trying to play one is like this is. Oh man, I ran out of bullets so quickly. It's like that one time, Kev, a few years ago when you dug up your old N64 and we tried to play that <laughs> Star Wars pod racing game. Oh my god! It was just 20 minutes of us crashing into walls I and don't wondering. Know how we could do things. Were we, we were superhuman younger. mutants when we were children? Like, what the frick? Uh, there's theories. Maybe our brains were faster. I don't know. So it's the the slow decay of old age is what you're saying. Well, mine is mostly alcohol consumption, and yours is watching shit like this that destroyed all your brain cells. <sighs> hey, man. Equally as bad for you <laughs> as getting drunk, getting blackout drunk. Oh, and let me tell you, pretty similarly to uh, when we were talking recently about uh, Maximum Overdrive, this is a movie that upon revisit as a 30-something, I did not enjoy nearly as much (laughs) as I originally... And I never considered this a great movie. This was always just a, like, it's pretty good, it's fine enough, but now watching it at 35 years old, I'm like, wow, this is hot garbage. Get out of here. That's (laughs) really surprising. I know what it was, though. There's lots of nudity in this film, surprisingly. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> How can you squeeze that? Like, I I don't I know the lore enough. There's like, aren't they in like this weird facility or trapped in like a weird house? I know in the video game you were in this like weird haunted house. How do you get nudity? Like nobody's gonna be like trapped in a, a weird facility where monsters are chasing you and being like, you know what? I'm gonna get my tits out. <laughs> Well, okay, now I'm not trying to be mean or judgy or anything here. I'm literally just stating a fact. The important thing to remember, Kev, is that Resident Evil and its subsequent, like, 12 sequels star action star actress Mila Jovovich, who, if you have followed her career, gets naked in movies a lot. Well, I mean, I think that has something to do with the the type of movies that she gets signed up for. Oh, she does a lot of indie films, and yeah, it's just... But now, to double down on this fact, when she made this movie, she met and fell in love with her eventual husband, the director, Paul W.S. Anderson. (laughs) Do you see where I'm going with this, Kev? All right. Guy, Guy marries a supermodel who stars in his action movies and kicks ass on a regular basis, and is just like, hey, honey, I got a scene for you. (laughs) I think they're what people like to call exhibitionists. Oh, is it? Is, you th- is, is he uh, Is he in, in any of these scenes? No, I in think he's movies? just fine with other people watching. Mm, mm. But they, they find a way, like you said, they shoehorn in the stupidest reasons for her to be naked in almost every one of these films. I am uh, looking through her uh, filmography, and my God, is it just like, just so much... It's all over the place. <laughs> Resident Evil, sure. Zoolander. Where we got Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter. Yes. Is that based off of the video game? Yep, and it's once again directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Of course. Ultraviolet, that was uh, anime, right? No, that was live action. That was No, no, the but that was based mo- off of an anime, wasn't it? I don't think it was. Oh. But that was the one of the rare movies where I I got to see that movie in theaters for free because I was working at a movie theater at the time. 
and I walked out of that film, Ultraviolet, and said, I want my money back. <laughs> that was a friggin' terrible movie. I think I remember watching that a while ago, and I never... But, like, also, then you're sitting there being like, okay, I see what she's doing. She's doing, like, really low-level, crappy, you know, action movies. But, like, she was in Zoolander, which had a lot of intelligence to it. She was also in The Fifth Element, Dazed and Confused, like, staples Oh, yeah. Of, of like, the 90s movie game going on and, like, really big things. And then she was like, all right, I did some good movies. I, They're <laughs> well, okay, I guess. Now what I'm going to do is shoot for some real stinkers. Well, to her credit, and I bet, I bet anything this is what it was, it's like they got married, they started having kids, and this was an easy paycheck. Oh like, these God. movies made money. So it's say- just like... Hey, I get to be cool every other year on screen and make enough money to raise my family super comfortably. Why the fuck not? Right? Like, you gotta <laughs> respect that because, like, she's not... She doesn't have airs. She's not snooty about whatever she's making. And I'm betting a lot of these movies are just fun, you know? Oh, yeah. They're just action fests that are just you're designed to be like, let's watch cool people do cool things. All right. <laughs> so tell me what cool things and what cool people... Oh my god, Michelle Rodriguez was in this? Yeah. Damn. Pre-Fast uh, and the Furious, I think. No, Fast and Furious 1 would have already come out, wouldn't it? Uh, 2002? Yeah. Yeah, it was two. Th- I mean, like... Okay, so she she's doing great. She's also doing great in her career at this particular time. She's got <laughs> Fast and the Furious 1 and Resident Evil 1 under her belt. Both now are, like, very successful franchises, but I bet at the time she was probably looking at all the numbers and reviews and being like, whoo, have I made terrible mistakes? <laughs> it paid off, though. Yeah. All right. All right. Tell me about this movie. So, um, real quick, the game, the original Resident Evil video game is about a uh, special forces police unit that goes to this random big mansion in the middle of the woods outside, like of, their, you do. outside of the city of Raccoon, uh, Raccoon City. And when they show up, there's all sorts of zombies and monsters and shit have overtaken the place. And they uncover this mystery of the secret bio lab for the Umbrella Corporation, which is this big, like, medical corporation. And bioweapons, nefarious, greedy corporate overlords, you know, the usual thing. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Very important thing that we need to figure out and, like, you need to answer for me. Okay. Why the fuck would you name a city Raccoon City? I don't... It's in, like, the Midwest or something, man. How is that going to get people to want to move to your city? We're infested. Hey, guys, come on down to Rat Heap Garbage City. It's great. Guess what we have here? It's Rat rat Heaps. The Commonwealth of Vermin. Hey, you guys want to go on vacation to Syphilis Island? It's super great. So I just want to make it very clear to you, Kev, the context. The video game, the two main characters are, are Chris... And Jill. No, it's and Leon. No, 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 that's late. And Shut up, he's later. Oh. <laughs> so Chris and Jill are part of the Special Forces unit, and most of the game is in this big, old, spooky mansion, and it's a slow-paced, like, scary game Ugh. where you never have a lot of ammo, God, and you're always... so slow-paced. You're always desperately trying to get through room to room. So, the movie opens, and a woman named Alice is passed out in a shower. Naked. Yes, actually. There you go. All right. The movie Starting off literally, strong. it literally opens with a naked Mila Jovovich. Listen, they know they know their demographic, all right? Uh-huh. They're like, what do teenage boys want? 
So she wakes up and she's confused and has no memory of like who she is or what she's doing in this place. That's most showers for me. <laughs> you really gotta drink your coffee before you take a shower in the morning, Kev. No, the coffee's the problem. It's mostly uh, whiskey. Yeah, I know. So she only has like flashes of like images of like passing out in the shower and like fleeting images of her like living in this mansion she finds herself in. And she goes into the bedroom and she sees a, a red dress laid out for her and a note that says, Tonight all of your dreams come true. Or some shit like that. I wouldn't trust that. So she starts like she's starts putting the dress on and getting ready, and then we get like a cut to what looks like a corporate building. And there's all these just like, you know, desk workers walking around, and you see some like scientists working in some labs. And there's a scene of this mysterious figure whose face you never see leaving one of the labs, picking up a vial of this like blue substance and like chucking it just before the door closes into a room. And the vial breaks open and the chemical inside like aerosolizes and goes into the vents. And this whole facility goes into lockdown and all these alarms start blaring and everyone's freaking out and trying to escape. And there's this whole extended sequence of a bunch of people on an elevator and they try to get out. But then the elevator like starts moving when they're trying to climb out the door and it decapitates some lady. What the hell? Yeah, all this weird shit. So you don't know how the two of things, the two storylines are connected yet. Just that they're both going on. You know what else I don't know? I don't think, I don't know if aerosolizes is a word. I said it, I accepted <laughs> it, and I'm moving forward with my life. All right. Alice is exploring this mansion when, out of fucking nowhere, this, like, special forces crew just starts leaping through the windows <laughs> with submachine guns, and they, like, knock her down and, like, don't move, don't fucking move, and they, like, handcuff her and shit. That's a terrible way to wake up. That's a t just a bad morning all around. And, like... At the same time, like, there's a guy who is, like, breaking into the mansion, and they grab him, too. Because this movie is just, like, characters, all at once. Just here sure, we go. <laughs> so, you've got Alice, and you've got this guy who, uh, this guy named Matt, who claims to be, like, a detective. And is like, something's going on at this mansion. I came to investigate. And the special forces people are like, well, something is going on, but it's none of your business. But we have is no... Their, their thing is, we have no choice but to take you with us as we go do the thing we're about to do. You know, we locked all of our cop car keys in our cop cars, so we can't actually put you in any of them. Apparently, So I guess yeah. just come on, come on down. So once again, I would like to reiterate that none of the named characters so far are Jill or Chris from the video game. They're just two new random original characters. But it's Alice and, and <laughs> Matt. Leon. Nope, it's not Leon. It's never Leon. You know, I really like Leon in the games because he always he always seemed like such a professional, you know? Oh, God, don't get me started, Kev. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> so we find out that the Special Forces group is here because they need to go investigate the laboratory that got locked down. And, of course, the two main characters are like, what are you talking about laboratory? This is a mansion. And they're like, underneath this mansion is a tunnel that leads to a secret, gigantic underground laboratory that's underneath the streets of Raccoon City. Okay, great. That's where all the raccoons come from, by the way. They bioengineer them in the laboratory. <laughs> it's just lots of tunnels underneath. That's prime raccoon living right there. Yeah. And, funny thing, they're like, they go to Alice and they're like, what happened? 
And she just stares blankly at them, and they're like, shit, she's still got amnesia from the gas that knocked her out from the security system. And I'm hitting her like, why is that part of the security system, and why does the gas give you amnesia? <laughs> Don't worry about it, alright? It's super secret. It's top You're secret. using the wrong gas. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It puts out fires like a real treat. So we thought, <laughs> you know, does. it'd be a good balance. It also causes massive brain damage. Yeah, you know, you gotta break some eggs to make an omelet, Pete. Yeah. So what what they end up doing is they go into the basement, which leads into this, like, underground subway system. There's, like, this train car, and they're like, this will take us to the lab. And in the train car, they find another dude! Another character! They just love characters. It's alright. They've gotta they've got have characters, because those are the fodder that gets killed, Pete. But so this guy, Spence... Who they find. Spence. Spence, yeah. Um, they say him and Alice were assigned as the guardians of the the mansion, which is the secret entrance to the lab. They're employees of the Umbrella Corporation. And they were like, they were living like a, a undercover life where they were pretending to be a married couple and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But neither of them remembers because they were both gassed. By that super good gassed stuff. Right? Uh-huh. So the group is any ev- of this in the video game? Not like this. <laughs> All right, great. That was that the was video good. game. In the video game, there is a secret lab underneath Raccoon City, but then there's also another secret lab underneath the mansion. And too many secret the, labs. They're two different things. The Umbrella Corporation likes its secret labs. <laughs> So the, the, the whole group of people, it's, you know, these three named characters and all the special forces guys, there's like, uh, I want to say like six of them or so. We don't a need handful. to learn their names, right? No need. They're, no, there's, okay. they're, trust me, there's not. Other than, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is there. And her oh. character's name is Rain Ocampo. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so they, they all get in this train car and they go to the lab and they see that it's locked down and they're like, we need to break in, we need to see if there's anyone alive, and we need to, like, I think they're, like, there to, like, destroy evidence or something. I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. These are governmental workers? These special forces? No, well, these are are contractors who work for the Umbrella Corporation, so. All right. You can assume they're all ex-military and shit like that. Yep, yep, the generic, I I get that. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're making their way through the, the, the laboratory, the underground facility, and they're seeing, de- uh, well, they're not seeing any dead bodies is the weird part at first, but they pass through, like, a chamber that has all these, like, containment cells in it that they can't, like, see what's inside of them, and then they get into, like, the offices proper, and they see that, like, uh, you know, all the blast doors are shut, and one of the lab rooms is, like, completely flooded because the sprinkler's turned on, but then the door's sealed, so everyone inside just drowned. This is a really shitty safety system they've got going on here. Everything about the safety system is bad. This would not pass OSHA inspection at all. What they're working their way towards is the 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 main computer chamber, which is, I shit you not, Kev, because this is a movie from 2002. The computer system, the network, is operated by an AI called no, the Red Queen. Of course it is. Why'd they name it the Red Queen? That's just asking for, I'm going to take over and decide humans are uh, worth killing. No, but Kev, it's clever, because what's the main character's name? Al- oh, God, they're doing a... All right. Yeah, they went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> the, none of this is in the game. <laughs> <laughs> 
they they like all right we found the entrance to the chamber it's just there's a locked door that they get open and then there's this weird mirrored hallway and then another door at the other end of it and they're like that's where the mainframe is so the leader of the commandos and two of the others or yeah like two or three of the other commandos go in with him and they're walking through the hallway when all of a sudden the door shuts on them and the red queen comes over because it talks comes over the intercom and it's the voice of like a young british girl and she's like (laughs) You're not supposed to be here. Does she scream off with their heads or? They're this close, Kev. They almost, <laughs> I bet you they were talking about it in the script writing phase. I don't think they were talking about much in the script writing phase. This is the iconic part of this movie that everyone who's seen it remembers is they're in this, this weird mirrored hallway when this laser defense system turns on. Gotta have lasers. It's 2002. Oh, yeah. So, like, the first thing that happens is just, like, a laser shoot is, like, going straight across the hallway from mirror to mirror. And it starts traveling down the hallway. And, like, most of them duck, but one dude's not fast enough and gets decapitated by the laser beam. <laughs> that guy was uh, was not first in his class uh, in <laughs> military whatever. So then, like, it, it goes to the end of the hallway and turns off. And then it turns back on at the start of the hallway and it starts coming again. And like, all right, get ready. And, like... One dude ducks, and the laser moves with him so it can kill him. <laughs> dude, that's... that's like, shitty. it just drops at the last second and cuts him in half. So the wow. leader of the squad, like, jumps up and grabs something on the ceiling and pulls himself up, and he dodges the laser. And you're like, all right, this dude's smart. He's going to get out of this. No, he isn't. And that's when we learn that the security system is not only super inefficient, but it's petty as fuck. <laughs> Because the laser resets again, and this time it starts coming at him, and you see he's, like, getting ready to do his, like, jump up and grab the ceiling trick again. When the one laser turns into a grid of lasers that then just fill the whole hallway. Yeah, and, that's, a, and just, that's a shitty laser. It passes through him and cuts him into literal little cubes of person. I think you told me about that in another movie. <laughs> uh, it's very similar to the movie Cube. Mm. Yes, but this time it was lasers. What was it before? It was like wire. I don't think wire can do that to people. Swing it fast enough. (laughs) But yeah, so it's like, why didn't the security system just do that one first? Because it wanted to mess with them. I guess so. So after that happens, the tech guy finally shuts it down way too late. I don't know why he's the tech guy. And... (laughs) Whoever's left, like the the like two or three, no, I think it's just Tech Guy, Michelle Rodriguez, and then the three named people. That's who's left. I think that maybe this like super elite contractor ex military group was maybe like the lowest bidder. I think they were the uh, umbrella company hired. (laughs) (laughs) So they go in and they're like, "We got to shut down the mainframe." And the AI's like, "Please don't do that. It's that would be a bad idea." And they're like, "No, but we have to." So. And so, like, he, like, does the thing where he takes the core out of it, and it it basically reboots the whole facility, which, unfortunately for the main characters, opens all of the doors. I'm guessing in the doors are bad things. Yes. All of the formerly trapped zombies and monsters are now loose to roam around the facility. Would you say zombies aren't monsters, Pete? They're a different kind of monster, Kev. They're all their own. But yes, so this is bad. 
And the AI was trying to explain to them that the security system was designed to trap everything in in the case of a bioemergency. Okay, I'm not going to trust the security system because it was just a dick to me and cut up all my friends. So, <laughs> listen, you're not making any friends security system. They're like, all right, we have the, the mainframe, we need to escape, and they try to backtrack the way they came, but they run into literal hordes of zombies. They get attacked in the big room that had all the containment things, the containment cells. There's some gunfighting. They're shooting. They don't realize they're zombies yet, so they're just, like, shooting willy-nilly and like, why won't they die? They're not staying down. And it's just like, <laughs> you guys are fucking stupid. And one of the nameless fucking Special Forces guys gets killed. He doesn't fucking matter. He just gets eaten by the horde. You're doing a really great job showing your absolute disdain for this movie, Pete. <laughs> Listen, Kev, it makes it easier for you, doesn't it? I'm not trying to make you remember any pointless names. <laughs> that is true. The group manages to escape the horde barely. Who's now Michelle, tech guy, and the three name guys. It's Yeah, yeah. And Michelle Rodriguez gets bit. Oh, well. At this point, has Mila taken off any of her clothes uh, again? No, she's been wearing the iconic red dress so far. And um, so, yeah, this is fun. When a zombie comes after her, she all of a sudden does this, like, fucking martial arts move and, like, breaks its neck. And then, like, that memory comes back to her and she's like, oh, I'm a trained agent. I know how to fight. A Trajant, if you will. Yes. And then proceeds to do, like, fucking, like, jump kicks and roundhouse kicks and all sorts of weird martial arts <laughs> for the rest of this movie. And it's like, that's... All right, why not? Man. I guess that's what we signed up for. Listen, 13-year-olds don't ask questions, Pete. Neither should we. Meanwhile, you remember the dude who I said was, like, also amnesia'd and had, was, like, her fake husband? Yeah. He doesn't have any fucking special forces training. <laughs> like, He's he spent the whole husband. movie just running. <laughs> His special forces training was just, like, doing the fucking dishes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, the group escapes the horde, but... Alice and Matt get separated from Spence and the two Special Forces people. So they split up and they're like, we gotta find each other again. If the husband wanted to be uh, Special Forces trained, he probably should have married the director. I guess so. <laughs> so Matt reveals that the reason he's even there in the first place is he's looking for information about his sister, who was one of the scientists working in the lab. I have bad news for Matt. Well, yeah, they do find her zombified. Oh, Sorry, Matt. And they do the whole thing where, like, he's just in shock and she's trying to eat him and Alice has to come in and save his life and kill his sister. It's that whole thing. Boo-hoo, sad, sad, I don't care, I'm a 13-year-old boy. And he's like, me and my sister were environmental activists and we were trying to take down the Umbrella Corporation because we knew they were up to some illegal, shady shit. But also and... get that sweet Umbrella Corporation paycheck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... It's at that moment that Alice recovers another memory and learns that she was the sister's contact in the laboratory and was, like, going to turn on the Umbrella Corporation. Oh, man, she's a double agent with super spin-kicky moves? Yeah, man, I guess Alice she had also badass. grown disillusioned and was like, yeah, I'll turn on my bosses for reasons. <laughs> Listen, I'm pretty, I mean, you could tell just from those serious OSHA violations that this is a pretty terrible company to work for. I would also turn code pretty quickly. So here's what happens next. 
they they run through some more hallways, deal with some more zombies and shit, and they eventually everyone reunites again. So the whole group's back together again. Have they done the whole zombie thing yet? Where they're like, they're not dying. Oh wait, if you bite them, they return. And they've, have they figured all that out yet? Uh, that's actually coming up. Nice. So what happens? Happens in every zombie movie. Yep. You know, they reunite. They go back to the Red Queen's chamber, and the special forces people are like, we have some bad news. If we don't get out of here in an hour, the lab has this backup system to automatically deal with a biohazard where it's going to seal itself up again and blow up. Why didn't it do that at first? I don't know. Like, I mean, it obviously doesn't care about the safety of the people working there, so it's not that reason. I know, right? It'll give it'll give the biohazard just enough time to get out before it does something about it. Maybe they needed to, like, uh, I don't know, have this, like, secret documents or something that the team needs to go collect that they're not telling us about. Maybe. So, Alice is like, well, fuck it. Why don't we just plug the Red Queen back in and tell her to show us how to get out of here? Because she was very mean to us before. Well, here's what they do. They set up a system where they have a remote shutdown connected to her mainframe now. So if she doesn't help them, they'll shut her down again. Nice. Yeah. So they force her to help. And she's like, by the way, shoot them in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did they explain why these are zombies or are they actually zombies? They're not actually zombies, though, right? They are zombies. They are. Well, they're zombies in the sense of the classic George Romero. It is a... In this movie, it is a special T-virus, is what it's called. And if it infects you, your brain basically dies, but then reanimates, and you basically just walk around hungering for flesh. Okay, so they're actually dead people that stop being dead. They're not yeah. like mutants that come back or weird... They're, they're real-life zombies that died because they had this virus. And did the virus kill them, or...? Yeah, the virus is enough to ju- it'll kill you itself. At least they're they're doing well by by being real zombies. Mm-hmm. And they Unlike have the typical the, the if if one of them bites bullshit. you, you'll you'll get infected and you'll also become a zombie. Okay, so we're staying true to Romero zombies here. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. All right, so the group now has a plan. They're going to try to escape through some maintenance tunnels where they once again get ambushed by a horde of zombies because these things get everywhere, like cockroaches. Or raccoons, if you will. (laughs) Michelle Rodriguez gets bit, like, three more times. How long does this T-virus take to get her? Apparently a while. She's got one hell of an immune system. They, They escape by climbing up through, like, a ceiling vent or something, but the tech guy gets bitten and separated from the group, so he, like, pulls a grenade and jumps into the horde of zombies to slow them down. Nice. Good job, tech guy. Alice and the group get back through the labs into a different part they couldn't access before. She recovers another memory that there is an antivirus, and they're like, we need to go get it, but when they go to the laboratory it's supposed to be in, it's missing. This feels very much like you're describing a video game to me. (laughs) <laughs> with like the memories coming back and the the extra rooms that they were locked and now they're unlocked this feels like they tried to make it feel like a video game yeah going from objective to objective yeah yeah at any point do they have to get like 17 wolf pelts no it's not that that's that's an mmo that's not uh, you know a survival rpg or something um so uh spence then also recovers some memories and remembers that he was remember i told you there was a mysterious figure at the beginning that released the virus in the first place was he the mysterious figure 
It was him. Wow. Yes. He didn't do a good job escaping, and that was his plan. Pretty much. So he was going to, his plan was steal some of the virus and the antivirus and then sell it to the highest bidder because I guess he was also done with his employees, employers. Listen, like I said, we have, it is very evident that Umbrella Corporation is really shitty to work for. (laughs) I bet their vacation policy is absolute garbage. And here's the best part. So he had made it as far as that train, that train car, and then that's when the security system knocked him out. So he never remembered at the start of the movie that the antidote is on the train car. It's been there the whole time. Isn't that where they started? That's where they found him, yeah. But God, he had, like, tucked sucks. it away somewhere. <laughs> so that he, he I like, think it would have been better if it was like, oh, shit, it's been in my pocket. Oh, my God, that would have been joyous. <laughs> but so he recovers this memory and is like, I fucking loved watching this again. He's just like, wait, I was the bad guy. And so he immediately turns on the rest of the group. Hold on a second. I forgot. I'm an asshole. Yes. Like he, he like knocks Matt down. He like locks them in a room and he tries to run away. But like he gets bitten by a zombie, but then he kills the zombie and he keeps running. He's like, I'm I got the antivirus anyway. I'm not worried. And he like runs back to the train car but the Red Queen, like, being a petty little bitch like I told you it was before, <laughs> opens, like, particular doors so that this monster called a Licker is able to get to him. Is it Do you remember like, Lickers from the video games, Kev? Do they have long tongues? Yeah. Mm. They're basically, like, quadrupedal, like, f- creatures that don't have any skin on their body. You just see, like, the muscle and brain matter. And they have these super long tongues that they can shoot out like spears. That sounds uh, absolutely terrifying. Yep. So this thing, like, it, the Red Queen leads it to Spence and it kills him before he can get to the antidote. Because the Red Queen's kind of a dick. Yeah. That's <laughs> So the Red, the Red Queen, after doing that, then goes over the intercom to Alice and Matt and Michelle Rodriguez, who are the only ones left at this point. And, they're, and she's like, I'll tell you what. I'll help you get out of here if you kill her because she's been bitten like eight times and she's super infected. Michelle? Yeah. Does and anybody, like, no. did nobody else know about that? Oh, no. She got bitten in plain view of everybody every time. But they're just like, we can make it. We can get her the antidote before it's too late. I don't think that's true, guys. They're like, no deal with the Red Queen. We're going to try to get her the antidote. It's going to be fine. <laughs> The liquor is, like, hunting them down now, but a power outage suddenly occurs, and a lab door opens to, like, reveal that tech guy didn't actually die. What do you mean? He jumped into a horde of zombies with a grenade! It was a fake-out. He didn't jump into them with a grenade, it turns out. What did he do? (laughs) So he managed to escape the horde of zombies that he was dealing with at the time, worked his way through the lab and Horses use the zombies re- are actually very easy to get away from apparently i mean they don't move fast oh are these slow zombies are these actual romero zombies these are slow zombies yeah nice so he uh, he ended up using that remote shutdown and he's like fuck this red queen lady i'm just we're gonna deal with it ourselves so they all get together they're running through the lab they get to the train they they have to kill with zom- they have to kill zombified Spence because you know he's a zombie at this point. All right, yep. They get on the train. They give they inject the antivirus into Michelle Rodriguez and hope for the best. I can't believe she's still alive. I know she's not doing well, but she's no, there. I wouldn't expect it. And they get the train car moving, but the liquor 
catches up to them and jumps on the car and it's like climbing over the top. They can hear it banging around trying to figure out how to get in. And at one point, like the tech guy is the one driving the train car and it just like rips the door off of the front where he is. It just pulls him out and eats him. No, it doesn't. He's still alive. I have faith in tech guy. (laughs) He shows up four movies later. (laughs) So then it starts getting into the train car and it's like swinging its claws around. It's trying to kill people. Matt gets injured. It like swipes and claws his arm pretty badly. But then Alice grabs like a pipe and when it like she tries to get her with its tongue, like it wraps it around her leg, she stabs its tongue into the floor. Mm. So it's like stuck. It and seems like it would hurt. What they end up doing is like there's it's like standing over this panel where the floor can open up. And she's like, Matt, hit the button. And he goes to hit the button, but zombified Michelle Rodriguez gets in his way. Uh, God damn it, zombified Michelle Rodriguez. They were too late. The anti-venom did not work. It was pointless. Yeah. She should have realized it was all about family. She should have sacrificed herself for the family. In the most action movie way, he ends up just like pointing a gun at her and like shooting her in the head, which makes her head snap back and it hits the button he was trying to hit. Oh, damn. That reminds me of that Die Hard movie with uh, Timmy the Oliphant, where he shoots Tim <laughs> through himself. Yeah. Also, everything reminds me of that movie because it's a great movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so what happens is the floor opens up and the liquor gets, it basically gets killed by being dragged under the train as it's like racing over the tracks and gets torn apart. It bursts into flames, too, for some reason. Friction. That's L- true. Cool. Why not? Listen, naked ladies... Zombie monsters, explosions. Don't <laughs> question. Just just watch. So the closing scene of this movie is Matt and Alice get back to the mansion and they're like, we did it. We survived. But then Matt bends over and he's like groaning in pain. And that wound on his arm starts like bulging and like little like t- like tentacly things start coming out of it. Gross. Because he's infected in some weird way because that's how the monsters in this universe work. In a different way. And before Alice can give him what's left of the antivirus, another group of umbrella scientists and special forces people break in. Well, they just tried quantity over quality. Yep, and they like grab the two of them and they put Matt on a stretcher and they're like, I, like one dude is like, I want him for the Nemesis program, which is a fucking call out to the video games. And Alice, they just drag away and like it fades to white and then it comes back and Alice, I swear to God, Kevin, she wakes up on like a hospital table, like a hospital bed in the middle of a laboratory with like all sorts of like um, IVs in her and shit. Yeah. And what I don't even know how to describe (laughs) this. They've taken off all of her clothes. Of course they have. And as a sort of modesty thing. They just use, like, medical tape to tape, like, a piece of paper over her, like, torso. But the piece of paper, like, how do I describe this? And you know what I mean by piece of paper. Like, you know the stuff that the, that's when you go to the doctor? Like the, the butcher paper, paper type stuff the, that's the on the... The butcher paper that's yeah. on the table, yeah. It's like they took a sheet of that and they measured it so it perfectly went from just above her nipples <laughs> to just past her, like, crotch area. And they're like, good enough. And they taped that to her. Listen, there's only so much butcher paper in the world and they need to conserve it. There is no godly reason why she couldn't have just been in like a medical gown or something. They didn't have any. They're working on the budget cuts, Pete. Be respectful. 
So she wakes up. She pulls all the IVs out of her. She, like, falls off the table because she's, like, disoriented. You get a pretty good shot of Mila Jovovich, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wow. Because the, because Paul Anderson has no shame and is just like, oh, I'm showing it. I'm showing everything. And then she, like, finds, like, a lab coat and some, like, pants to put on or something. Fucking, I don't know. I thought and this she... is the end of the movie, Pete. You're telling me a whole other series here. Oh, no, no, no. This is the setup, Kev. So she, like, finds her way out of this lab, which appears to be abandoned. And she goes out the front door and she's on the streets of Raccoon City, which are in shambles. Because oh, no. the zombie outbreak has already started without her. Oh, that's very and... rude of the zombie outbreak. The final shot of the movie is she, like, sees a police car, like, crash nearby. She reaches in, gets a shotgun out of it, pumps the shotgun, and the camera, like, pulls out. And you see, like, the whole, like, city, like, on fire and chaos and shit. Yeah, but you know who's in the police car? It's not Leon. It's Leon. It's not Leon. Leon's my boy. Where's Leon at? He wasn't in the first video game. He was in the fourth He was one. not. He was, was in the he second the fourth one. movie? He does show up in the sequel movie, yes. Which we need to, I mean, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't talk about this damn franchise. And it's its like typical horror movies. What do we got? We got Resident Evil. And then we've got four more Resident Evils ending, but not really ending with Resident Evil, the final chapter in 2016. <laughs> which, is that the last movie, Pete? Is the final chapter the last Resident Evil movie, Pete? I mean... It's a yes or no question, Pete. Yes, it was the last movie in that nope. continuity. Nope, nope, no, no, no. In, in yes or continuity. no? Is it the last Resident <laughs> Evil movie? It's a different continuity, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't want to hear your excuses, Pete. Also, Kev, you didn't let me finish one of my sentences earlier. I said Leon shows up in the sequel. Like, the fourth one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Takes him a while to get there. He had to work his way out of the, the cop car. He was trapped there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, that's Resident Evil. Hey, you know, you did a pretty bad job conveying how bad it was. That sounded pretty badass, Pete. sounded pretty cool. Oh, I thought that was enough when I said it came out in 2002. <laughs> Kev, the, the entire soundtrack of this movie is industrial sounding like dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun. Like, that's it. That's all you get for music. <laughs> Every scene, every action scene is a blatant ripoff of The Matrix. Like, there's literally a scene where Alice, like, kicks off of a wall and does, like, a slow-mo spin kick to take out a monster. Well, because she has, she's in the, the simulation. She can control gravity. She, yeah, she can break the rules. I know. Listen, I don't know <laughs> why you're very upset about 2002 movies. I decided to, like, look up 2002 movies, and there are some really great ones. Oh, yeah? Um, the Queen of the Damned. Oh, my God. Halloween Resurrection? No! Uh, the Hot Chick? <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> um, Men in Black 2. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Blue Crush, me, isn't that, wasn't that a really great one? I think that had our boy Paul Walker in it. Yeah. Oh, oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, 2002 is the best time for all movies because Treasure Planet came out in that time frame. Oh, well, that's universally loved, isn't it? And Equilibrium. Ooh. Right? So uh, I guess we can't say, oh, but, you know, also the best Star Trek movie, Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Man, there are just, 
Guys, movie... just look up 2002. Is it's not great. Oh, well, you know why Star Trek Nemesis was the the people who made that movie had the bright idea of releasing that against the two towers. Yeah, that's true. But also, like, it wasn't that great of a movie, Pete. No. Unlike Jackie T- Chan's The Tuxedo, which oh. I believe the premise was the tuxedo gave a regular guy the ability to do martial arts because it was a super advanced tuxedo? Something like that, yeah. It was high tech. Okay. But hey, speaking of The Two Towers, fun fact about the title of this movie. Resident Evil? Well, keep in mind, it came out in early 2002, and the original title was Resident Evil Ground Zero. Oh. They thought that after the September 11th attacks, that would not be an appropriate title. So they just. So they just returned it to the actual title of the thing that they were adapting. I mean. it looks like circumstances kind of made them fail correctly. Uh, you know, a good miss, as it were. Yes, the one thing they got right about this movie. I mean, also uh, Mila Jovovich getting naked all those times, obviously, too. Uh-huh. So, uh, speaking of which, Kev, can we go into a little bit of the background of this movie being made? Sure. I've got all also right. some wonderful numbers to tell you. Okay, good. Uh, so, Resident Evil was a super popular video game. Yep. So, of course, right away, they're like, we sh- Hollywood's like, we should make a movie about that. And they hired this writer named Alan McElroy to do the first script. And he turned in a thing that was basically the story of the first game. So, not this movie. Okay. It, you know, it had the same opening. The Special Forces team show up. They get attacked by monsters. They run into the mansion. They uncover the mystery of the mansion and the Umbrella Corporation. Blah, 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 blah. It even follows the events of, like, there's the same final boss fight and all this stuff. The script, they thought he did a good job with it, the producers at Constantine Film. But it was rejected for the following reason. Hmm. By the time his script was finished... Resident Evil 2, the sequel video game, had come out, and some of the people at Constantine Films felt that a movie based on the first game would have been, quote, dated and boring. (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, they've already made three whole Lord of the Rings books, so why the hell are we focusing on The Fellowship? We're going to jump straight into the Two Towers, boys. That's that's literally the logic they were going with. They're like, well, the most recent Lord of the Rings book was Return of the King, so obviously that's the one we should make into a movie. Yeah, Because that's course. the only one people are going to remember because audiences have the memory spans of fucking amoebas, apparently. Well, no, I mean, this was before... This was before people before hollywood realized that nerds and gamers were actual like thinking human beings that is true yes <laughs> they didn't understand at this point they just thought that we were all people that would just shovel money at literally anything that had the name and the basic veneer of a video game that we liked which to be fair i have some disappointing numbers here for how much money this movie did actually make Oh, well, well, hold on, because there's one more tidbit I have to tell you about the making of. So when Alan McElroy's scripts didn't work out, do you know who they went to next, Kev? Who'd they go to? George fucking Romero. Okay. Because he he had directed a television commercial for Resident Evil 2, the video game. (laughs) And so they're like, well, he's literally the king of zombie movies. Let's let him have a crack at it. I don't see why not. Seemed like a smart choice. 
he similarly released, he made a, a few drafts that were just basically the game with some minor changes. Like he changed one character from white to African-American. That's nice. And he had that character have more of a connection to the villain Wesker than is in the game. Because he wanted to have that, like, they know each other, but there was a betrayal. Ah. And then he changed the main character of Chris from a white guy into a Native American. This seems good so far. Yeah, and otherwise it was, once again, it was like it followed the beats of the game and it had all the same characters, blah, 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 blah. Still doesn't sound like the movie you just talked to me about. No, because once again, Constantine Constantine Films were like, "Mm, yeah, with the script you gave us, this movie is probably going to be too violent and and gory and it'll be rated NC-17, so we just can't work with this. And he... And Romero's like, well, that's the script I gave you. I don't, you know, like, it. it's a, it's a horror movie. Of course it's going to be horrible. And they're like, yeah, that's not what we're looking for. So then they had another guy do a Literally complete rewrite. Literally in the title, guys. Yeah. Then they had another dude to do a complete rewrite. And then that version was canceled. And then finally, Paul W.S. Anderson wrote his own script. And they're like, boom, we're going with it. And that's the movie I just described to you. I am disappointed. George Romero no, no, could no. have done the Resident Evil movie. He's... And they're like, nah, that's not the direction we're going with. He's in just this. a hack, Pete, all right? He's not following the vision we have for this movie. We don't want to be good to gamers and give them anything like the game they played. Nope. Um... So hit me with the numbers, Kev. How did this all turn out for good old Polly Anderson? It worked, and that's upsetting. That's Hollywood. Again, the whole, like, gamers being slobbering idiots that, like, will just run and throw their money at anything that has the basic connection to the game they played is 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 kind of accurate in 2002. Uh, apparently, it got a 35. 35 on... Um, Rotten Tomatoes for from critics, from people who, you know, want to see good things in their movies. Yep. Um, it got a 67 for audiences. So, you know, all the gamers went in and said, you know what, you fucking critics, critics with your weird glasses and watching, you know, movies about snowflakes and whatever. I want to see Boom Boom shoot em up. So get off your high horse. I'm going to give this a good rating, even though it doesn't sound like a good movie. <laughs> but it I mean, was financially because they spent 33 million dollars making this movie and they made 103 million dollars we that's a profit those damn gamers just kept coming back and throwing money at it <laughs> well you know what it is kev i don't know if it was once you i was talking to about this or maybe your brother but Every movie in the early 2000s was made assuming its audience was as dumb as possible. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, like, they were, they were following a form, and I, I said, uh, I think I, I tried to say it, but I don't know if I did. The movie opens with the perfect, just by the beats, like, from the, the handbook, we need to watch, we need to make an action slash horror movie, uh, and it's going to focus on, you know, 14 to 17 year old males so here's what we do we get a hot chick we make her naked we put her in a creepy situation then we cut to somewhere else where there's a panic situation and somebody gets decapitated because we need some violence in there and then we just go with the guns and like it was beat by beat it was like perfect just you guys you guys don't want anything better than this here's the crap we're gonna shovel at you 
Yep. And, and it I mean, like they made 27 of these movies, and it made $100 billion. And the movie, it's really dumb, but it's easy to digest, and it's just fun, silly action. All right, so. then why, did you hate, why do you hate it on the rewatch? Because I'm not 13 anymore, <laughs> Kev. What was it lacking? Why would you give it a... Uh, are you in the? Are, are you one of those snobs now that gave it like a thirty something, a thirty five? Well, no, because it's it's a thing that we've talked about before with the movies of this decade, where it's like everyone in the movie is shitty to each other, and everyone's all edgy and brooding, and I'm too cool for this, and like <laughs> it's just so obnoxious. But the music was great, right? No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're the one who had to watch it for this, Pete. <laughs> and it just reminded me again of where I'm just like we could have had a Resident Evil movie that had anything to do with the video games and was Twice. directed and written by George Romero even if it wasn't going to be directed and written by George Romero there was still another shot of it being the yeah, first, the first guy yeah. <laughs> what could have been what could have been yeah but we got this wonderful piece of cinema instead Yeah, and, and like I mean it. it just continued in this franchise because as the movies go on, like, the apocalypse happens, and the world is overrun, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that never happened in the games. So you not only are they the just, States. like, going willy-nilly, but they're just like, fuck it, this is our own series anyway. Why does it even share the same title? <laughs> okay, so I think that that's probably going to uh, tell me a little bit about what you recommend of who should watch this movie. <laughs> oh wait before we do that i want to do something very specific uh for this i've done this a couple times with other franchises but this is also just one of those franchises so i only picked three of the 312 resident evil movies because i want to know is this formula still working like did, did, they don't seem to be changing much but they've made so i picked this one and then i found the tw- the last one of this series the final chapter, which is in 2016, and then they did it again. They did a, they did a reboot uh, because that's what the 2020s are all about. In 2021, recently they made uh, Resident Evil, but at least they didn't call it just Resident Evil. They what is it called? Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Welcome to Raccoon City. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's uh, better than Ground Zero, but um, Resident Evil did 35 audiences, gave it 67. Nobody liked the final chapter, by the way. 37 oh, no. with a 47. Um, wow. Apparently, though, somebody liked it because it made $312 million. Jesus. So everybody hated the hell out of it, but they kept on going to see it. Yep. Like uh, I said, they're profitable. That was incredibly... They only spent $40 million making it. It's 312. That's, like, that's better than that's, the first that's one. That's only $7 million more than the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> but they made three times yeah. what they did. Um, and then the the Raccoon City one was back to the original, uh, you know, script or, or, or formula, and it got a 30% from the critics, but audiences gave it a 65%. So they're back to like, you know what, you audiences don't know shit. This is actually quality cinema right now. <laughs> However, it came out in 2021, uh, specifically November of 2021, so we can't really say how much it would have made. It only made $42 million, uh, but there was this giant plague going on at the time. So Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, it's it, they only spent t- – they spent less money on the remake. They did $25 million. 
Yeah. Uh, and they made $42 million, which is pretty good COVID times in the money, I would think. So you got to imagine this probably would have made bank if it actually came out when people could go to the theaters. Yeah, probably would have done better. And maybe, I, from all I've heard, there's there's no chance there's going to be a sequel to this new one. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess, I think more just because of the response than anything else. That's surprising, considering, like, it, it, it looked like it was on track to do well. Yeah, right? Uh, financially, and, like, the only reason it didn't do well is because of the, like, aforementioned plague. So, like, um... I'm surprising they're not going to do more, but I guess they are a little bit more discerning with making these dumb franchises now. So, I guess. I mean, there was also a recent TV show. Oh, that's the thing. Everybody's going to streaming TV shows when they could do, yeah. you know, instead Which, of series and franchises. Although I guess I should point out the TV show. I watched a few episodes of it. Has even less to do with the video games than the movie we just talked Stop about. Stop getting hung up with this whole source material, Pete. The Lord of the Rings <laughs> weren't anything like the books. Oh wait, no, they were like pretty spot on they were a lot like the books <laughs> all right never mind hey well, listen at the very least kev they used the same characters <laughs> all right <laughs> uh would you uh would you recommend this movie to anybody i don't think so i'm trying to think <laughs> i mean if you just want to watch a dumb action movie with a hot chick starring in it then sure watch resident I evil feel like that's there's exactly what ones. you're gonna get i feel like there's better movies with I mean, you, there's better Mila Jovovich movies that you could watch. <laughs> watch guess, The Fifth Element. Yo, yeah, that's a good action movie. I don't know. Right, I, don't think she's, I don't think she's as naked in that, though. So Surprisingly, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that movie was made by a French person. Who, uh, I think I got her mixed up with somebody. Who made the, uh, who made the, the werewolf zombie movies that were, like, of similar ilk? The werewolf zombie movies. It had Bill Nighy in it. You mean the werewolf vampire movies? Oh, that's sorry. That's what I meant. Sorry, werewolf vampire movies. Oh yeah, that's uh, Kate Beckinsale. I don't. I mean, she she's badass. She's wearing skin tight clothes. She's got short hair. Like the. Uh... I mean, they all came out at the same time. It's all following the same formula. Like, yeah, right. It's yeah. They're all. I mean, you could watch like. Watch a Resident Evil movie and then watch an Underworld movie and just keep switching off like that, and you'll you'd assume they're all directed by the same people oh. because it's all the same movie. Speaking of uh, early two thousands, especially uh, uh, since we were talking about Michelle Rodriguez uh, going to the Fast and the Furious franchise, uh, when you're talking about like like hot chicks in exploitative situations because it's that type of movie into the 2000s we're not shy about doing it probably a little bit less shy than the 90s and definitely less shy than the 80s but like i mean definitely more shy than the 80s uh, but they were still doing it like flagrant like shots of mostly mostly naked women if you watch like if you go back and watch like the first fast and furious movie and maybe these ones too you notice the the what was considered hot at the time was like incredibly thin women like incredibly thin women like so much so that i'm like watching this movie being like i feel like you should stop acting right now and and please go eat something (laughs) that was i mean yeah that was the style of the times for for way too long it was very it's just so evident and so like 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 you said as a 35 year old man now i'm watching it being like i just feel dirty watching this now (laughs) Mm, it's it hits different there's definitely points in that movie and probably in these movies where you're like all right 
the point of this section of the movie is to showcase sexy women. And you're like, that's great for the storytelling that I'm here for. Thank you. I uh, <laughs> Now I have to sit this uncomfortably through with my wife. <laughs> uh, hey, so Kev, yeah. I, want, I do want to ask you something about this film. Because yeah. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet. What's your opinion on the title? Well, I was thinking about it. I wanted to hear about the whole film beforehand. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and give it like a 2 out of 10. That's understandable because it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I'm only giving it a 2 because there is actually a residence in this movie. It starts in a house. Yep. But the there doesn't seem to be that much evil going on. Now, maybe if there was like a big backstory where like we got a little bit more into the underworld uh sorry the umbrella corporation i don't know destroying things and being evil fine but it didn't sound like they focused that much on it it was mostly just brainless zombies which i wouldn't characterize as evil they're just doing their thing pete that's right they're just trying to get through the day like the rest of us eating brains <laughs> uh, no they definitely weren't living there all right there was no, no residency. There was no residency taking place, except at the very beginning, where we thought that Alice was living in this house, but it turns out she wasn't even living there. So it's not even a residence, really. <laughs> so two out of ten. All right. If it helps, the context behind the title Resident Evil comes from. So first off, in Japan, the games were originally released as under the title Biohazard. That makes more sense. That it's very on the nose. Yeah. It was pointed out, though, when they were porting them to America that securing the rights to the name Biohazard would be difficult because there was a DOS game registered under that name, as well as a New York hardcore punk ba- band called Biohazard. <laughs> I don't know why that would have mattered. Those New York hardcore punk bands, they really have a lot of legal sway. Yeah. So a contest was held among company personnel to choose a new name, and the winner was Resident Evil. Oh, that's it. That was the reason, huh? They just that's, put a they bunch just of asked names in a hat somebody and then to, voted yeah, on the best one. Pretty much. They're not going to explain why it was Resident, or... like nope. I guess you could say the looseness of evil is like any sort of malice. Fine, we'll go with that. But, like, the resident? Like, is is evil in residency at this place? Like, it's it's hanging out, it's being there? No, it's in residency as it's it's learning to become evil. Oh, you know, right. like, it's getting okay. its license. So it's not, it is, it is, it's not longer an intern of resident. It's no longer right. an intern of evil. It's, it's finished evil school. It's four years yeah. of evil school. It's done its internship, uh, its evil internship, and now it's an evil resident. Mm-hmm. Uh, before yeah. it can become a full just evil yeah it's like you remember the old show scrubs like snoop dog resident yeah and all the yeah. fun nicknames they had it's like resident it's evil resident okay do you think it yeah. ever becomes like full-on like do we still do we have to call it dr evil no that name's already been taken we ah, can't shit. do that uh is we it another to- new york punk band we have to loop around and call it dr biohazard again <laughs> <laughs> full circle all right that works Alright, cool. <laughs> hey, uh, at this point we would normally talk a little bit about the next movie, but we've got like a big thing to talk about right now, right? We have kind of a big announcement to coincide with the next movie, yeah. And it's kind of like a happy, sad announcement. It's more, I mean, sad, bittersweet, I guess is the word. 
Um, yeah, Infinite Sadness and Melancholy. Okay. No, that's a Smashing Pumpkins album. That's a little too dramatic. Don't say that. They're going to sue us, Pete. (laughs) Wait, are they punk or are they more like rock? I don't know. I mean... You tell me, Kev. You tell me what genre the Smashing Pumpkins are. No, that's and it. I will give you five dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna go alt rock. That's we could throw everything into alt rock. It was it was at a time in the '90s when everything was just alternative. There, done. We did it. Um. So the news is that next. Well, actually, the the big thing about it is next episode is going to be released uh, October 31st. Uh, of this year, which is basically exactly three years after we started this thing. Yeah. Um, three whole years. Right? I That you've put up with this. Two of them were in the middle of a giant global pandemic, so it was a lot easier to do this. But Yeah. Remember uh, remember the early days, Kev, when we actually recorded in the same room oh, and then that stopped? recorded. It was really a waste of time. That stopped real quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But after three years, uh, I have decided that I would like to do something different. I am really sick of listening to dumbass <laughs> movies that I didn't even get to watch. It was it was a fun thing for you at the beginning, but it kind of you've reached the pinnacle of, well, I know how this works now. <laughs> I know how most of these horror movies work, and they're all basically the same. And then you're not exactly surprising me with anything, Pete. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's the sad news. Is I will be, after next episode, vacating Fearless Films. Um, I will no longer be here. But we have two uh, bits of good news. Uh, do you want to ex- talk about your good news, Pete, about the future of Fearless Films? Yes. Uh, and, well, in that, the good news is there is a future to Fearless Films. We, I will be continuing without Kevin. But we will be uh, signing on a new host to join me. Her name is Sarah, and she has been our number one patron for a large chunk, I think most of the existence since of Fearless we Films. we could do patronage at all. Yes, yes, since we figured out patronage. Um, so she is a horror buff as well, so that will change the format of the show a little bit, but our goal is still we're going to talk about horror movies in a fun way to kind of blow the hot air out of them so that non-horror fans can still get to experience them without getting scared. So the format is still going to be the same and there's still going to be episodes. Uh, it's just going to be a different person and you guys are going to switch off, right? Cause since she's a horror buff, you can actually like listen to some movies, Pete, instead of having to talk about them. Right? Yes. It is a terrifying, uh, thought for me because I'm like, shit, I'm not as funny as Kev. I need, I don't know how to do the quips and the jokes. Listen, you just have to, you just have to be like, really? And then make fun of somebody's name. It's pretty easy. <laughs> no, Kev, that is, no, I can't steal. Hey, I can't steal your bit. That would hurt me too much, but I just, I don't hate names as much as you do, <laughs> but they're so dumb, Pete. They're so dumb. I will say, though, Kev, I am going to keep some traditions alive for you, and I will be including segments where we do talk about the names of things, like Good. the names of movies, and if they measure up to the actual content of the film. I'm going to be listening to some of this. I might have to, like, come back as, as like, a special guest at some point to just yell at both of you, because I'm absolutely certain you guys are going to give way too much 
credence that you're going to be like, no, that was a good choice. That was a great name. I love it. <laughs> and I'm going to have to come and kill you. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. And I mean, like, I mean, as you just said, and for all of our fans out there, Kevin, you'll hear from him again, definitely. <laughs> but it's not going to be a full-time thing for him because he's he's heard enough horror movies for now. Now, my only regret, Kev, is that you will not get to hear about any more Leprechaun films. Oh, thank God. Are, they, but, are there more of them? Oh, there's so much more. We only got through three of them, Kev. Oh. There's like five more movies. Somebody up there loves me. <laughs> and don't worry, I'm going to torture Sarah with the Leprechaun films every March. Don't awesome. you worry. <laughs> as long as traditions are kept alive. Um, Hell yeah. So why don't you tell us your good news, which also includes me, because yeah. I am a leech that is hooked on to you since middle school. Well, that's the thing. is like I was <laughs> like, hey, I don't know if I want to hear about horror movies anymore, but I still want to talk to Pete every once in a while in my life. And since I have three kids and I own a business, I don't get to talk to any of my friends unless I schedule them for it. Um, so That's what being an adult is. We decided that we wanted to change what we were doing and start uh, another movie-based podcast that's going to be a little bit more um it's not going to be as constrictive as this one it's going to be uh less about horror movie genres specifically i think we're going to keep a lot of the good parts about this one the discussion that we talk about uh explaining the movie to one another a little bit more uh but we're also going to be kind of broadening it up so that we're going to be more giving to the audience so more people can kind of appreciate it and we can pick more really good movies to really talk about. We One of the things that we always kind of struggled with was these horror movies, there's a lot of stinkers out there, Pete. That's something you have to live with if you're a horror fan. Um, and sometimes we'd just be stuck being like, we're going to talk about this movie, but it's not a good movie to discuss. Uh, just because even if it was a really good movie, sometimes the really good movies were not very like good to talk about because um, they were just good movies. Uh, or explain the whole plot. The point of it was more visual. Uh, whenever we watched a movie that was a lot more visual, then it was really hard for you to convey the quality or the lack thereof in the film. So we were feeling very constricted. So we thought, let's take away the genre specification and let's talk a little bit more about the movies themselves as quality movies and kind of give reasons for people to see them. We haven't nailed down everything about it yet, but we're going to take a little break and kind of build another movie-based podcast that we can talk about. So we will still be together releasing podcast episodes in addition to Fearless Films still going out regularly. Yes. And if you follow the Fearless Films social media on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that fun stuff, you will definitely see whatever the new podcast ends up being named. We're going to throw it on there so you can follow, find us and follow us over on the new one as well. So next episode will be my last episode, but it'll also be a special episode where hopefully we'll get uh, Sarah in here and she will also be a member of this so we can kind of pass the torch on and we can all discuss uh, some terrible movie I'm sure that Pete is going to make us all uh, live through. Oh, well, no, Kev, I already know what's going to happen. Do you want to pull the curtain back now or save it as a surprise? No, let's hold, pull the curtain back. Give them something to look forward to. All right, Kev. Well, if you remember back in the day, the first October that we did this podcast together, we decided it would be fun if every October we would break down an entire movie franchise 
week oh. by week and really dish it out to people. And mm. what was the first franchise we ever deep dived into? Uh, Fern Gully. That is incorrect, and that's only two movies, and nobody even cares about the second one. How dare you bring that up? Oh, God, there was a second one? There was, It was a straight-to-video movie that featured, like, one of the voice actors from the first movie, and it was not Robin Williams. <laughs> it was Halloween, because we thought we were very clever back then. Yeah! So... To celebrate the changing of the guard and to give Kevin one last traumatic experience, (laughs) next episode is going to be a big special where we break down the new modern Halloween trilogy that started with the movie titled Halloween. Yep, of course it did. Which is a sequel to the original movie titled Halloween. (laughs) You're saying you don't have a problem with names, Pete. Mm. Sounds like they're physically hurting you right now. And was followed up by part two, which was called Halloween Kills, Mm. and will be finished with this year's Halloween Ends, a.k.a. bullshit. There's no (laughs) way you're letting this franchise die. You know what? There, There is something to be said that we could do this podcast for three years and start with an entire franchise of a horror movie, and three years later we can do an entire other franchise of the same movies. Yep. It's not like, oh yeah, they came out with new movies in that meantime. They came out with a whole goddamn franchise, because like, they just keep pumping these out. So, Well, I mean, part of it, and we'll talk about it in that episode, is they cemented a whole new concept, which is a requel. Which is where we ignore any other previous sequels, and we just like, this is a direct sequel to the original movie. Here's some new stuff. We're just bootstrapping over the, the popular one, because we can't <laughs> think of new popular stuff. Yep. All right, so we're going to talk about that, and we're going to have three of us, and it should be a big old fun time, and that'll be my going away, and then we'll be able to hear more about what's coming up next. So, Huzzah! Uh, While this isn't the last time, I do want to say thank you guys so much for listening for these three years, and also, uh, what else should I tell them, Pete? Oh, what's that thing we always say? Oh, right. Don't get too scared. 